Yeah, here. We're fine. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Get in the Garage. I am Mike, your host. With me, as always, is Luke. Is Luke. Uh, sorry, we haven't been around lately. We've uh, been very busy with work and stuff. Sometimes it's difficult to get together and coordinate to record a podcast. So, But here we are again. Um, and I thought I'd lead off the podcast by saying, Luke... Also, we lost like power in between there. Oh yeah, yeah. We we've had a rough couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. I lost power for like a week. Yeah, and then we kept getting forced into work. Yeah, it, it's not been great for us. Yeah, <laughs> we like it's not been great for us. You know, it's, yeah, it's just been tough, man. Yeah, it's like living tiring. Week, yeah, without power, it was rough. Yeah, yeah, you had to stay at a different house altogether and everything too for a couple rough. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are here now, and uh, we were talking earlier about what we were going to talk about today, and uh, we kind of posed the question, and not to ask it, you know, not to ask it and be that guy, but it's that whole, like, is rock and roll dead myth question, Um, you know, I don't, my opinion on it is basically like what I told you earlier, which was like, it almost just seems like most of the bands that come out that are current that get the exposure that is comparable to say maybe like a pop star are bands that kind of fall in the uh the revival category like your Greta Van Fleet's your Wolf Mothers and I mean I like I could I could really I don't I'm not a huge fan of Greta Van Fleet I I don't mind Wolf Mother though but you know the darkness bands like that that kind of you know come back and uh I- and, and do that kind of thing. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, like that, the revivalist aspect of it. But like now hearing you talk, like, you know, I'm thinking even more. And and I think another issue too, Michael, is uh, the lack of like investment on uh, the record company's part to like let a band make a couple of records. Yeah. You and know? possibly make bad records. Yeah. I mean, you look at Ru- like, for example, you see like a band like Rush, right? Who at this point has worldwide. Or let's let's. Uh, but- I, I hear what you're saying. But you know what I'm saying? I, like, they made a couple of lemons, and the, let, and the record me, label still stuck with let it. Let me throw one out that's more in, like, the modern era that me and you are, like, way more familiar with. Okay. Uh, uh, Jet, that record, Get Born. Mm. Like, how do you, like, yeah. have... How do you take that band, right, that sold... I mean, like, I don't know the full story either. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's something else going on. But, like, even now, like, that band still gets played... That album gets played on the radio Every it's part of classic rock radio now. Yeah, it gets played all the time, like every you know, cold hard bitch, uh, rollover DJ. You know, yeah, the um, I want to make you mine, right? Wasn't that right? you talking uh, about the uh, band Jet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, like, one, two, three. Come yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, but that yeah, it's getting played in the radio all the time. So it's like, yeah, it's why getting, it's getting lumped in though with like. But what I'm saying is, man, is like, know, what? Where's the second album? Like, this, they did make one, but like, what I'm saying is, like, why didn't the record company like stay behind their band? That like, that was like one of the biggest rock records, yeah, of like that era, which was like, you know, probably probably er, what? Like, let's be. I think it's like early mid 2000s, right? So I want to say yeah. I remember it in high school, and I graduated in 07. So yeah, I mean, still though, like maybe four or five. It's uh. 
it's one of those things where it's just like, why didn't you, you know, take the take the chance with the, you know what I mean? Like something so successful. Like yeah. that, that's what blows my mind. Another band like that too, which I think there's uh, some more drug issue involved, but like The Darkness, that song was huge. It's almost that same era. Yeah. Like why didn't you like take these bands and like really promote them and make them into, you know, uh, like bigger things. So like, you know, like let's let's kind of talk to. I, I'm just kind of just spitballing here. I'm like kind of getting more ideas. Or, yeah, no, as no, I well, think about yeah, it, but man, like just talking. Like, what do you think too about like how record labels nowadays, like or the big, you know, three consolidated ones, really is like uh, most of the like big selling output. I mean, I guess is still like classic rock staples. Like they still sell a but. Like I mean, you know what I mean? We're getting like. Every like four years, you get a new like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, re- deluxe reissue. Super, yeah, yeah. You know, like Paul McCartney. Every all these artists are like going. They the record labels are kind of just going back through the catalogs and like doing super deluxe editions, yeah. right? But like, where is where you you're not forming or I I, I at least in the rock canon kind of thing, you know, yeah. rock and roll band kind of set up that you know, it, there's not so much of a. You know what I'm saying? There's not so much of a um like a breeding of those artists to make them legacy artists again. Yeah. And I, I, and I get that like rock and roll's old hat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what's that saying I just said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but like you know yeah, I, and, and I, I I don't know. They I don't just know. don't curate yeah, they don't curate that kind of that thing anymore. I think ultimately the I think people's tastes in music has changed very much so and we're at the point where it's like you know, I, it's see, predominantly I don't, pop. I don't, I don't agree with you. Okay. I don't agree with you for a couple of reasons. Okay. One of the reasons I don't agree with you is when you take, like, the listener, you you have, what I'm saying is you have, like, people who are fans of classic rock. Yep. Who like rock music. Yep. So, like, why wouldn't you be able to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still a viable, so, like, a huge viable source of, uh of of the of the you know listening public what you're saying the record label no 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 rock music oh yeah i mean i think you people... know what i'm saying like people are always like it's dying it's dying i just i don't think it's dying as much as it's just not it doesn't have a good spokesperson it's not like it's like yeah. new you know what i mean or like new bands this is like the issue or don't have like a great like uh you know like there's not anybody on like I don't know. You know what I mean? Even Spotify. Like, this is this is another thing. Like, Spotify will give you a playlist. Guys, I'm new to Spotify. I just got it because I'm an old man. I, was, I spin records. He's coming stuff. from Amazon Music, guys. Just just, just give him a little give – him, give him some time. But th- they'll give you a curated <laughs> list of, of whatever, right? Yeah. And, but it's only, like, so many people and this is that, whatever. And it's almost like you don't get, like – it's different, man. Like in Rolling Stone back in the day, I guess like you could get more of like a fair shake because they'd like r- they talk you up. But, like for yeah. me, a lot of like when I like a uh, get into something, a lot of it is like context, right? Yeah, I think the th- this is the difference. Like a good documentary will get you pumped up to listen to yeah, a band. Like, but this you know? is the the what I'm hearing when you're talking is is basically like if you're talking about like all right, Rolling Stone magazine would at least give you something you know, a more curated uh, list, say, of things to listen to, whatever. I, I mean, I, I'm not even, no, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying uh, context, context. Who is, 
who is Bob Dylan? Like, what is he about? Oh, he's mysterious. Oh, like, oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and that... uh, it's what we talk about all the time on the show is the rock and roll myth. Like nobody, where's the? That's a, I think the big issue yeah. with like modern. There's no like myth to it. There's no fun to be had. Well, I think because the thing is, is that now on one end it's a positive thing, right? Because you're looking, you look at like current artists and stuff and they all have social media and they have a more direct communication with their fan base it's a lot more personalized but in that what we did lose is this kind of uh this kind of like you said this sort of mythological quality about them you know what i'm saying i mean if i could i don't know if this is kind of like a wonky comparison but like you look at somebody like dave Chappelle, who has absolutely no social media he doesn't allow phones at his shows and all that stuff and I mean, he's he's the shit. You know what I mean? Like he's the he's the man. Like yeah, he, nobody's better than Dave also, Chappelle. He also ran away at the like at the biggest you know point, right? Right. So, and but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like so, he has sort of this mysterious sort of quality to him, where he like walked away from a huge sum of money and he went back to Africa to kind of like reassess and like figure himself out and all that stuff. So okay, maybe it's a stretch to say that, but you look at somebody like him, and he really does. I mean, he he pretty much stays out of. The yeah, no, eye, I, I hear you know what I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's the same to like um you know like back in the day I guess like you know what I mean like maybe like the I, maybe it was the rock journalism of the day like tended to kind of it was so like I I don't know maybe it was like more creative and like and really like writing these or e- even like the A and R guys that like the labels you know it's yeah. the the Brian Wilson is a genius it's um you know it's. Yeah, uh, I, you know, there's so many other ones out there. Well, like the, it's like the brilliant. It's the yeah. it's you know uh, Andrew Andrew Holdman. Uh, you know, you know, making the Stones the uh, the anti Beatles. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. Like, my boys don't. My boys don't wear suits. You know right, what I mean. Right. They're bad boys. Yeah. You know, would you like let the Rolling Stones date your daughter? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. But like, no, and and it's and I I think well, I think that kind of shit is like where it. You know what I mean? It's like. The record label, maybe like now, since like I think probably like the eighties, it switched to a more like, you know, what it's it's more of like a profit based thing instead of uh, starting off at, from the point of it being art. You right, know what I mean? Right. And you know, I I feel like we're we're losing maybe that kind of that fun. You know? Yeah. The, and the speak- fun of it, even like uh, to like a more like we were just listening to me and Mike were just listening to Black Flag. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm like really taking this conversation. No, over, dude, but, you're like, good, man. Uh. You know, even to the point where, like, Black Flag, like, they were, um, you know, they were scary. Mm. You know what I mean? To some people, they were intense. So, like, even that is, like, something to be, oh, what do you know about Black Flag? Oh, they're intense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's still, even at that, like, little kind of thing, it's like, you know what I mean? No, I hear you, man. I feel you. And, like, now, too, like, like, I'm just even more to it, like... You go to the festival, and that that band, if you're in the front row, the band is 50, 60 feet back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, it's that kind of, I don't know, man. I don't know if that, if that's, if that makes any sense. Well, like, I think, you know? I, I think that there was, uh, for a long time, especially, like, with rock and roll, and certain offshoots of, say, rock and roll, okay? Like, Black Flag isn't Chuck Berry, but Black Flag is still rock and roll, if you ask me. Right. Um... But yeah, there's just I don't know, man. It's like it, it it's almost kind of like you get the you had these certain types of bands that felt like they were bands of the people. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, there's just these bands, but it's like and I, I hate 
I hate keep to keep referencing a band like Greta Van Fleet, right? But like, like you were talking about earlier, A and R guys and stuff. Okay, the Stones don't wear suits and stuff. What's interesting is that back then you look at the outfits, you look at the glam era, you look at you know uh, like Mark Boland from T Rex, or you look at Kiss, or you look whatever. Like, what's funny is is like the fashion choices, right? Back then, not that I necessarily lived through them, and maybe it's because I'm because that's something that I never experienced in person that maybe I I look at it say romantically. But it doesn't I don't know. I look at those guys and I don't, I don't feel like they're putting me on. But then I like and but then I like look at Greta Van Fleet and the lead singers dressed like you know like a Hindu prince and the you okay, know what no, I mean no, and the no, guitar see, players like ripping off the Jimmy the whole Jimmy Page persona and it just feels I hear what you're saying. But it, you know this, it's like a meme of of what it was. I hear what you're saying. You know. But I think T-Rex and Kiss, they are putting this on. I think, but, but. But they're not trying to sell it like they're not. You know what I'm saying? I think they are selling it. They're selling it. Yeah, but. But but, this is the difference. This is the difference. It's it's one thing if you're just kind of selling it at that point, and that's almost the modern fashion, right? Anyway. Yeah. But when you get like Greta Van Fleet dressing like you know like the singers literally dressed in like the madison square garden gig like robert plant outfit, yeah like right? a like a flowery blouse. yeah it's like the same outfit like to the t and it, like it's meta you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it becomes a parody of what that is you know what i mean yeah and i think rock and roll is almost like you know there there is room for parody i mean like you know, look at the like, but it's not being sold as a parody, though. Do you know what I mean? It's being sold as like these are the new ones. Oh these yeah, are the yeah, new yeah. Guy, the, oh, like okay. this yeah, band yeah, yeah. is going to be the band that thirty years from now we're like, man, they were one of the greats. Yeah, and it's like, and no. it's just like, no, because I'm going to listen to Led Zeppelin. I don't, you know what I mean? If I want to listen, if I want to hear Led Zeppelin rock and roll, I'm just going to listen to Led Zeppelin. I'm not right. going to put on Grand Van Fleet. Like, and that's not. I mean, listen, man, they have success. More power oh, to them. They're I, good musicians. They're I, not, you know, and like right on. They're doing their thing. Can but I pose the not, question you know. then? Like, why? Why do we like then? Why do we like uh, like the Ramones doing Surfing Bird, the same that we like Surfing Bird? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, but it's I don't know because when the Ramones do Surfing Bird, it's like. Yeah, because because like, they're not we, because they're not what I'm saying is, is I guess they're it, not they, they playing, are, yeah, but I, they're not playing. They're the, because this is why because they're actually covering the song Surfing Bird, and then a band like Red Van Fleet is just writing Ramones. a bunch of songs that just sound like Led Zeppelin songs. Right, instead the of just like sound like the Ramones. Right, and yeah. instead of just being a band that sounds like what it sounds like, and it plays like their version of a of of a of an old school song or something. But they're not. But Greta Van Fleet isn't playing when the levee breaks. They're just playing a song that sounds exactly like when the levee breaks. <laughs> uh, okay, you know uh, what I'm saying? Quick. Uh, <laughs> and the, you know, no, I don't, wait, I don't wait, wait. Like a so- hater. Wait, wait, wait. Interruption. Song names that sound like when the levee breaks, but aren't. Uh, when the dam falls over. When the dam. When the. <laughs> Oh, are we do? Are we doing parodies yeah. on them now? When the sink leaks. <laughs> when the sink. Leaks. When the sink leaks. Yeah. I mean, when the levee. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> when the pipes burst, maybe. Oh, yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> Wrap your pipes, people. We live in New England. Wrap your pipes. <laughs> Can we just move on, please? This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. All no, right. no, we're having a good time. But, so, but no, but you know what I'm trying to say, though, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude. You know, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm coming across as a hater or whatever. But it's just like, you know, I listen, man. I've been in bands that sound like 
other bands. Like, of course, inevitably, you're going to sound a little bit like, you know, like we, like Luke and I were in a band that was you, Black Sabbath-ish, do you, do you mountain-ish. Think, do you think, do you think, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. But, oh yeah, like you box your, I, I, to complete your thought, I know where you're going. You box yourself in so fast. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that I'm not going to grow a handlebar mustache and wear a cross and look exactly like Tony Iommi. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm going to do my, you know what I mean? You try to do your own you thing. You try to put your own spin on it. I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And to, okay, to even further that, right? So like, you, you kind of like end up boxing yourself out so fast, right? Like, yeah. if you're like a punk band or a hardcore band, it, it's so hard. Make seven records as a hardcore band. I mean, they're either going to sound all the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's like, it's hard. It's like, how do you, and it boxes itself out. And that's why, I mean, like, I mean, again, like, that's why the first Black Flag record doesn't sound like the last Black Flag record. Yeah. But it still sounds like Black Flag. Right, right. right. And that's the trouble is that now I feel like record labels know what sell. They know what doesn't sell. And they're not trying to take risks. They're just trying to make money. Here's what I'm saying. Do you think that, the rock, if, if like, you know, and we're talking mm-hmm. rock and roll, I mean, I, I don't think it really needs to be said, but guitar, bass, drums, you know, whatever, keyboards, augment what you need to. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, you know, what it is, the yeah. spirit of Chuck Berry, <laughs> you know, Little Richard. <laughs> it's like, do you think it needs another, like, um, like another revolution? Like, and what would it even look like? I guess it, it, it is like, yeah. if we're getting into, like, we're probably into the most technological shift of it at the moment right but to me it also just feels it all feels so stale i don't know man well yeah and i think it's so hard yeah and i mean i would say the only i mean we were talking about this earlier right the only and i mean let's just talk to interrupt here like we do like some modern bands there are some bands yeah no that absolutely i mean there's good stuff coming out of nashville about stuff yeah, but the thing is, this here's the thing, man. I feel like the the music that's popular right now that has, say, maybe like the most dynamic range, that doesn't just sound flat and just kind of like, yeah, we jacked the highs and the lows, we kind of scooped the mids a little bit, and uh, we turned the volume up as much as we could before we, uh, you know, it, it it started feeding back or distorting or whatever, and then we put it out. I, I mean, main like we've t- we talked about it earlier. This is why the hip hop guys are doing so well right now is because like. They're taking risks and they're incorporating different things and they're, you know, things are like hip hop's getting like kind of weird. We're kind of like during the, like, I think we said it before, but hip hop is kind of in its prog rock era at this point, I think, you know, regardless, I'm not, you know, obviously a curator, uh, like a producer of beats and stuff is much different than say Steve Howe from Yes, like just doing crazy scales. However, having knowledge of the, of, of, of the medium, I guess, or of the tools used to create a sort of a beat there's just as much of a technical proficiency to doing something like that rather you know because we we associate like progressive music with like technical instrumental virtuosity but that's not to say that the same sort of spirit can't be alive in a hip-hop beat you know what i mean and especially now man there's people doing all kinds of crazy stuff with hip-hop beats and it's so like out there and and that's the thing, though, is any rock band that comes out, you're like, oh, yeah, this is I'm kind of like, even if it's new, it's almost kind of like you've heard it before. Can I can I can I pose something to you? Sure. OK, so w- do you think? OK, I, I'm going to like maybe <sighs> try to like maybe frame it like this, because I think this is maybe like the problem at, uh, at large, you know, um, it, it's uh, 
it's it's okay. So like we kind of the age we're living in, right? We're living like this so such like isolated like you know age. It's and, and you know everyone's on their phone all the time. It's that kind of thing, right? And it's like, do you think maybe that rock and roll is maybe suffering because? There's there's not like a um like a teen dance party every Friday night where a band's playing, or like do you know what I'm saying like yeah because it's it's too like it's it's um it's like it it's power like to go see a band sometimes it's so affecting right like the oh lot- yeah it can be life changing right I mean we right. we've it's, experienced it's, both of us have experienced like a show that you were like oh my god this is it like, right like blows your mind it's yeah. just that it's a different kind of connection right. Do you think that because maybe we're so isolated in the age age that we're living in of technology that that get you know because it, it's that group mentality when it's all the people are into it as much as yeah. you're into it it's your it's all your favorite band you're all in the same room and I mean that still is happening today I guess you know what I mean it is but I'm, yeah I'm but saying in the, like in different on, a, on a smaller scale you know what I mean yeah I just I think that it's just the idea on a of personal like a scale. scene there's no like scenes anymore and that okay so let's get to that right like yeah. I you know I watched this documentary uh and I I urge our listeners to look it up I think it was called the uh, the Texas teen scene it used to be on Netflix a long long time ago and it was about um the garage rock scene in Texas yeah. and I'm I, like there's like 50 bands. Yeah. And they all got like at least like a single done and they were yeah. like all and they had you know we were rocking there were places to play. Yeah. Um I think that's another thing too is like kind of like the the death of the music venue. Yeah. Not that that doesn't you know I mean there's music venues around here and stuff. You know but what? it's like no nobody's... like let's let's like talk man like as as a society like where are we allowing our children to vent their creativity? Yeah. Musically, like there's no, I mean, we have bars, but like even to, to further, like let's so everybody like is where's where they're where are the all ages shows? Yes, even to like let's talk even further to kind of that point of like we in America, like at least you know, we're always like save the music, music's so important, music does this, and it does, it does all that stuff, but like you know, we want our children to be creative. Why aren't we like? investing in that yeah like write us (laughs) write a song like do you know like writing a song is so empowering like you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah. and because like you know you hear like the the bands of the punk movement when they like figured it out they were like oh oh we 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 could write our own songs about the stuff we want to sing about you know what i mean yeah and then it just brings in a whole different kind of yeah i mean we well we Growing up, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but like we grew up and there was like a scene, you know what I mean? And that's that's how you meet, you know, that especially like especially something like see, here's the thing. Right? Like too, like how vulnerable is it to play music to begin with? Like, let's just like get on that level. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah, as yeah. somebody you're who, putting out something that is a right. very personal, you know, it's a personal statement, man. It's a manifestation manifestation. Sorry. Of uh, of the art form, you know? Right. It, it's like you made something and then you go and you try to – you show some somebody yeah. a, a room of people. Like you're most, almost like you're most – sometimes your most personal inner, well, inner yeah, statement. And, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's pretty raw and it's pretty emotional. What, what I'm trying – this is kind of getting a little lost in what we're talking about. But what I'm saying is like we kind of don't want – it seems like our society doesn't want kids – 
or youth to like explore like mm. that. You know what I mean? I, because like yeah. how, how many times were you? Pl- I mean, I can't tell you how many times we played a local show and the cops got called for oh, no yeah. reason yeah, other yeah. than that it was loud. And then when the cops came, it kind of did bring an air of like not, you know, it made it like, oh, what's going on? And right, a lot of right, times right. we were just being loud and yeah. just being kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And trying to vent our, you know, our uh, creativity that way. And I feel like yeah. I feel like as a society, we kind of maybe have like swished that out. And then we were like, here, have a saxophone, play some Mozart. And then you can't relate to Mozart. No, not really. No. And well, and you that's, know what I mean? I like yeah. I, you. But I feel you in that, like, I'll bring it one step further in the way that it's like, you know, you look at the Ramones, uh, you know, we accept you, we accept you one of us. Like, if the, here's the thing, man, is that, like, it, having a scene, having something like that, like, it also allows people who might feel a little isolated, might feel a little different, might feel... You know, like, they're, they're just a different kind of a person, especially, like, when you're talking about, like, you know, like, younger ages. Like, when you're, like, a freshman to a senior in high school, you're still, like, trying to figure out who you are and all that stuff. And what I'm saying is is that, like, a scene, a musical scene can bring people together in that sort of a way instead of just, like, a Spotify playlist. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it's just like, hey, you know, you, uh, I, hey, I noticed, like, you wear, like, you know, you you were wearing like a black flag T-shirt, man. Like uh, you should uh, come to this show. And then that's how it you know what I mean? Even you know, you know what I'm starting to say? Like, yeah, it's man. like it, it allows for opportunities yeah, like, for people to meet like minded people. Dude, through I, I remember. Music. OK, so we were we had a band in high school, right? This new kid, uh, Rory, like moved to town and he was like, hey, you're in a band. And we're like, yeah. And he's we, we like the similar music. And then, you know. Come up and then you know we we're picking him up on their way to a show and he's helping us load the gear in. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like nice to like make friends like that and yeah. like and it was only because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that I I, I don't and at know. the time, well, no, and I hear I, you, man, because really at the time, and I feel like that's it was just it was and at the time too, like it was hard to do. It's hard to be in a band. Yeah. It's hard to be in a band that writes original music. It's easy to be in a cover band. Right, right. There's a formula. There's a market for it. It's easy to market out. It's yeah. it's hard to promote original art. Like, you know? Yeah, and that's the, and that's the whole thing going back to it is like where, you know, the the space that's created for most artists around here is is pretty much just like you have to to eat to 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 play anywhere, especially around here, most of the places are bars and stuff. Some bars allow original music, but most bars have a preference and like they want you to at least throw like one or two covers in there. And it, I understand they're a businessman. They're trying to keep the doors open. So if you have like a rocking band that plays like covers like really well, <laughs> playing in a rocking band. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's and, just and like nobody, I, I don't, don't want to hear your Bob Seger cover. <laughs> like I want to hear you play like the music. <laughs> I know that's not Bob Seger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but that yeah, moves. I think, we, but we were like long-windedly trying to say too was like, uh, w- there's no all ages places for kids. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. place where like a kid can play for another kid, or like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because I mean, I remember those shows, and like there were shows, literally, man, where you had a band of kids that were all in high school, like 16, 17 years old, but then you would also see another band that's, but of people who were, like, say... That's directly what made me want to play music. years old. Yes. But, like, you know? when I would go... Okay, so, like... We used uh, to have Gazebo Fest. Yeah, my sister was is Mike's age, um, and uh, 
what I'm trying to say is my sister would bring me to shows when uh, I was, you know, younger. So she'd be like 13 and I'd be like – or maybe she'd be like 14, 15 and I'd be like 12, 13, whatever. Yeah. I was right in, you know, the cusp of like, you know, whatever. I really idolized my sister and she would go to these like heavy metal shows. We had a pretty strong hardcore heavy metal community like community going on yeah, where we sure. lived at the time. And um it was like I went and the the terms were if you sit on this pile of chairs and do not move, you can come to the show. You will not talk to me. You need to sit here. You can't go outside. Yeah, yeah. But like what happened was I saw – and there was moshing. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the good old days. Intense, you know what I mean? For like I'd never seen that mm-hmm. in person. But like what what I got from it was that my sister was dating somebody in the, one of the bands, and I knew him. And instantly, that was all it took, man. That was like I want to do that now. Yeah. Like that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I was hooked. I was no other way around it. It was like I'm at least going to do that a couple times in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so, I mean, same it's here, It's like some people, yeah, watch, here. some people watch someone jump out of a plane. They're like, I got to do that before I die. I, I, I saw that as a kid, and I was like, I got to do that before I die. Yeah. Like, I got to get up there and do that. It right. looks amazing. I got to learn how to do it. Yeah, and it, it was just. And, like, now, yeah. I don't know if it's harder now. I don't know if, like, uh, or if this environment or if kids are interested in doing that. Or Yeah, I feel like it's just, like, if you did that now, like, just, like, nobody would really show up. <laughs> that's what i you know and i don't but think like, i don't think it's any, like, any sort of malicious way i think that the youth of today it's not that they're like like not interested in a mean way i just think that there's just sort of a just an overall kind of vibe of just disinterest in general <laughs> you know like yeah yeah i mean you know what i'm saying it's just that kind of like yeah yeah but yeah like what would okay so like we have like the punk revolution in rock and roll i guess right was like but there's been so many, right? It's like in in ten years, right? So like 1955 to 19 uh, 1965 is like such a giant leap in rock and roll. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then from 65 to 75, like by 75, like Mahavishnu Orchestra is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. is a thing, and like you have all this in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and I guess it's still progressing. But, like, what is it going to look what, – what, what's going to be the giant shockwave? Because I think, like, punk was a huge shockwave, right? Yeah. I just – I think that it's just, or like, like – I guess Zeppelin was too, right? Yeah. I'm sure at the time Zeppelin was. But I that's the thing. That's that's where I'm, I'm saying, like, the paradigm shift is just, like, I think that the spirit of rock and roll – um, is just really only manifesting through the means of hip hop now. Okay, you know what I well, mean. Okay. And not, and I'm not trying to say that hip hop is rock and roll, but what I am saying is that like I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like in terms but, of this sort of like, hey, like let's let's move the markers forward and like keep doing interesting things and like challenge the you know like if you were to look at a hip hop group in the late 70s or early 80s or whatever it's like you wouldn't play with a live band that was like sacrilegious but now yes hip-hop groups are playing with live bands okay. and stuff. you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah. so nope. you're just there's there's progress you know there's progress where rock and roll just kind of like has hit this i get that ceiling and it's like can't really you know go yeah, any higher. yeah okay okay so hmm all right sorry for the rant no 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 like i get i get what you're saying but you know what i'm trying to say i, I get what you're saying but like um let's okay let's let's talk about like for a second how hmm. like maybe the reason that i don't know man like 
I feel like it's it's lost its its danger too. Like well, yeah, yeah. Like guitar- like what you were talking about earlier. Like no one's yeah. No one's trying to bleed for it. Yeah. You know. Like you know like. It's just I feel like no one's willing to die for it, and if no one's willing to die for it, that's you know what I mean. And that sounds like harsh, but like you know what I mean. Like yeah, doesn't that? But I mean nobody's like, like nobody's Iggy talk, popping. You know right, what I mean? Let's talk like huge picture, right? Like you know we're all gonna we're all gonna croak one day. So like some people put their lives into their work, right? Yeah. And rock and roll has a lot of those figures in it, like you know Kurt Cobain, you know. Darby Crash, uh, you know, uh, there's so many Janis Joplin, Jimmy Hendrix, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Uh, Keith Moon. It's just there. A lot of people like put their real, real life and passion into it, into a sense where it was so hard, like it was hard to look at. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, I, I think there's like a bit of that going on. I think it's like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we're both Joe Rogan listeners here, and he, what is he always saying? Like, uh, comfortable times kind of mm-hmm. shit. And it's like that's kind of maybe what it is a little bit. Like it's it's a little like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. almost in the way that like people are almost like self censoring themselves. There's a lot of that going on now with like, a, oh, you can't say that, right? Or you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's almost like, like bearing your inner most like personal. I feel this way mm. is what makes rock and roll so good. And, like, maybe just those kind of people that would naturally ma- be making rock and roll now don't do it because of there's that, that, that thing going on in our society. Like, out of fear of some sort of... Uh, hey, man. I mean, we live in cancel culture now, man. Like, uh, this it, is what it is. Like, okay, okay. Let's almost look at it. I know this is going to... And this is going to be an extreme example. It's yeah. not this... I don't feel like it's that bad yet in in our... Where we're living. But um, it's almost like when Pete Seeger... And, like, all those folk singers got blacklisted, right? Yeah. They were singing, like, uh, pro-union songs, um, you know, anti-war, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Pro-communist party, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying, like, that's right or wrong here or there, whatever. I'm yeah. just saying you have your right. I believe you have your right in America to uh, think and say whatever the hell you want. Right, right, right. right. I think that's what makes America America or makes, yeah. you know, whatever. And... Uh, so, like, when you are afraid, you know what I mean? So, like, that music got suppressed for a while, right? And yeah. then we kind of got, like, boring, like, pre-rock and roll records. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, But then out of that came, I think, rock and roll because it was so uh, oppressed, the uh, yeah. society, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I, you know, this is painting with broad brushes, but, like, do you think that's happening now? Like, do you think we just can't see it because we're going through? I mean, people are talking about this all the time, but like, do you think we're living in like a self-oppressed, also like governmentally maybe a, a oppressed society where like we're kind mm. of being locked down? We're like not doing it ourselves, like. But I guess there there is radical stuff going on. There is radical stuff going on. However, I think uh, it's music isn't really the medium where it's being used in the way that it was being used, say, in, like, the late 60s, early 70s. You know what I mean? In other words, who... who? This is what I'm saying, man. Like, you're you're looking... Where where are the great sort of songs of protest that we need right now? There's a lot of protesting happening, but nobody is singing, like, great in, songs of protest. In rap. Rap, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the only... Right, right. I mean, these, like, you know, like, that's... Um, that's probably the only place where any sort of like and that kind of music is being made, you know, songs of protest, songs of rebellion and stuff. But it's just that it's like, so you know, not that I need a not that I need a folk protest song. It's just that <laughs> I'm just saying that you would think that I don't know. I, I mean, I think between everything that's happening um, socially in terms of the American society, as well as the pandemic thing that's happening, I was not that I want to say that I have like a weird expectation, but I just I guess I was just kind of like where where are the musicians right now? Like this is the t- this is it. Like th- these are the times where where music can provide uh sort of like an outlet or like uh you know what I mean, like a positive a positive influence on the people. Um and that just didn't it didn't happen, you know. And I'm not again, like it is what it is. Luke, are you all right over there? I'm having microphone issues. Oh my goodness. If it seems like I'm rambling, that's why. Because I was like, what is Luke doing? I guess I'll just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's just like, I don't know, man. I I just, I don't know. It's tough, too, because I so, mean, we're okay. all like locked in our houses, too. Let's, and it's let's like talk to the Let's talk to the third problem, right? Uh, or not the third problem. I don't know how many problems we've got. Well, this is the exactly third one. <laughs> this is the other thing I, I see, right? Is, okay, so we have the Spotify playlist, right? It's someone is curating for us. But like nobody, I like I kind of touched on you know we did talk about this a little bit, but like nobody's writing like I don't feel like anybody's more passionately writing about it. Nobody's being like, uh, or it it seems like everything's so like mono monocultured, right? Like we're yeah. all kind of consuming the same kind of like culture, even though it all feels so different, right? You can get in your little lanes of it, but like we all kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, we're all kind of get it from the same places, even you know what I mean? Like oh we have like. I'm, I'm, yeah. We have like this guy that goes to this place to get this kind of information, right? Right. And we have that guy that goes to that, you know, that this this person goes to that place to get that information, right? Right. We, we have it is separate, but it's all kind of like you can kind of narrow out. Yeah. What, you know. Okay. So, like, oh man, losing the thought a little bit. Okay, so we kind of got that <laughs> going on, right? And then it's like no, so we don't have like anybody curating like a um. It's it's the Rolling Stone art like this is one like we talked about in the show before the Rolling Stone article uh, documenting the uh, remote like the CBGB scene yeah right yeah, that yeah, blow yeah. that was a big important thing getting written up in the Village Voice right yeah so like they were this is going on in this place right now at this time mm-hmm. right so there's like a history there's like you know what I mean yeah like it's a spotlight on on this yeah, 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 yeah. and and it you know even like the you know it's it's you know the california myth right like you know so then you know, we have like the singer star with the troubadour right and then uh we have people maybe coming out to la it's the uh hair bands in the 80s you yeah, know what i yeah, mean yeah. they're all in the sunset strip so uh, you know every joe schmo that wants to make it in a metal yeah, band yeah, is, yeah. Is heading teases out, their hair and goes, goes and plays out guitar the sunset yeah. strip. it's <laughs> the uh you go to the hate ashbury you know what i mean yeah you kind of had these like things where people could congregate like this is happening here you can go here yeah these like little hubs of music man these little scenes that are happening right and now it's like and the scenes moved around but they were still there were there were still scenes right and now it's like nothing yes people just people go to like i think that the most popular thing that's happening right now musically in terms of drawing huge huge crowds is like these big like edm festivals 
you know, like electric music and, and dance and house music style festivals where there's like a DJ on like, a, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, man, that you I, know, wearing, I don't know, man, wearing crazy outfits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and, and what, I, what I mean to say is, is I'm just saying in the idea of being like a Madison Square Garden sized crowd, those are the big, huge concerts that are happening. Unless, of course. You know, Billy Joel rolls into New York and he plays four nights sold out in Madison Square Garden, but it's because it's Billy Joel. Like you're not seeing, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, I just want more Billy Joels of the world, man. I want, yeah, I want no, to build, I do too. And not yeah. just, a, I mean, I don't need like another guy that's just like Billy Joel. That's not what I'm saying. So I, you I, had to be a big <laughs> shot. I want <laughs> legacy, man. I want legacy bands. Yeah. I want bands to that be, are gonna last, to be nurtured. Yeah. I want bands with shit albums. Yeah. Yeah, there right. Is, like, man, there are some Dylan albums I don't like, but I love Bob Dylan. Right. And, like, you know, okay. So yeah, like, there's Pink Floyd albums that I hate, but I, Pink Floyd's but probably one of my favorite. you're glad they're there. Yeah. 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 So like, that's what I'm saying. Because it's, it's human. It's, I, you hear the transitions. You hear, like, oh, man, you can totally hear on this album how the band wasn't getting along. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. There's no personality to albums really anymore. Now they're just kind of like, all right, well, here's these 12 songs or I whatever. Love... And they're flat and they're just like, you know. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so let's, you know, I don't know, man. So, like, I think we've kind of maybe, we're, we're, I feel like we've kind of almost exhausted this to this point. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. So to sum it up, I wouldn't say that rock and roll is dead. I no, would just I don't say think that so rock and roll so, is yeah, just like, what in. You, this is the other side of it. Like, where are you hopeful, man? Like, are you hopeful? Yeah, Where I mean, I hear hopeful? a band. Uh, see, I hear, I hear, uh, like uh, bands like My Morning Jacket. I hear bands like Twin Peaks. I hear bands like, you know, say. Uh, I mean, it's uh, maybe he's not entirely like my my cup of tea, but like you know, a Jack White, for example. Right. People are gonna remember Jack White, man. People are gonna remember like Dave Grohl. People are gonna remember like Foo Fighters and stuff. And I'm not even a huge Foo Fighters guy Me either. You know what I'm saying? But it's like if I'm just trying, I'm grasping at. <laughs> Uh, you know, straws here, I guess. Is okay. That, is that saying? So like, but I'm just saying, like... If- there are still... I mean, I get excited about records still. New records. Um, I got one coming in the mail today. I'm wicked excited to listen to it. Uh, Bully, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, oh, like Tame Impala is a, is a current band. They're okay. putting out cool music. They're from, like, Australia. Right. They're a cool band. Yeah, like, I, I'm getting a record in the mail today. Brand new. Just came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, on Sub Pop. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I'm getting a, a Man Man album. That's another great new modern band. I think that came out either earlier this year or last year, their new one. Uh, also on Sub Pop, I, I got both in. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, the, you to know, talk, just real quick, uh, to talk to Twin Peaks real quick, Look Out Low, that album, mm-hmm. That's what that was one, I think it came out last year, right? Yeah, last September, my I think. Favorite, last August. That was probably one of my favorite new albums of 2019. Just a great, just a good, solid band. Yeah, I mean, good, like a, gr- a good rock album. I, good, I loved it, man. Good guitar playing, great singing. You know what I mean? Like it, they recorded it live, but again, right? That band too. Like another thing, man. Like I follow them on their social media. Yeah, they're like, I feel like they're really putting. A, they're they're like working so hard. They're always yeah. out on tour. You know, before pre COVID, like yeah. those guys, and they were doing like. I could even like see them doing like the secondary markets, like yeah. they were coming out to like Connecticut, like. But it's like, are they are they in, are they featured in Rolling Stone? I mean, yeah, I guess so. They get like a little write up now. Did and they then. get a, have a they little, gotten one? Yeah, they get they got write up when the album came out. But like, but the difference is, it's it is from a marketing standpoint mm-hmm. though. You're not seeing bands like Twin Peaks being pushed. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like 
like they're not on but, that level. What me and Mike are saying is like, I mean, why was Greta Van Fleet on right. SNL and Twin Peaks weren't? Yeah, because you know I mean? Twin Peaks is the better band. Like, yeah. let's be absolutely real here. Like, or they're like, the better. Why band. don't we have a program on TV? Like Headbangers Ball anymore. Like yeah. even that metal show, I loved. That I know, metal I did show. too. I don't know why they stopped. I loved it, and that all show. the bands were of a certain era and age, kind of right. Yeah. There was like it was mostly oriented for classic rock, uh, classic metal, yeah, uh, dad rock, that kind of thing. Yeah, but if you were into that, and I am into that, yeah, I loved that show. It was nerdy. It was on a personal level, and Eddie and Trunk. Ed, Eddie too. Trunk has his own radio show. He does that. Yeah, but I'm saying like the. Why but he knows his shit, though. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Like you hear him talk, and you're like, "Oh, this guy knows the entire discography of a band like UFO." Yeah, you know he's what I mean? a fan. Like, he knows every Kiss song. Like he's yeah, he's a fan, and he talks about it, and he's knowledgeable. But no, I hear you, man. There's nothing that's really like bringing music to the people. The only thing that's bringing music to the people are like the uh, musicians themselves working super hard. The musicians hard. themselves, or for the people who don't go out and seek out music, it's we just depend on algorithms. I mean, that's what it is. It's, I mean, I like to use my Instagram even to like promote what I can for like artists and stuff. You yeah. know, like if I'm a fan, I want to post the picture of the new album because I want other people to see it. Yeah. I guess like, that's hey, like, I like something this, like a fanzine you know? now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like. And I try to write as nuanced as I can. Yeah. But on the other on the other end of that too, it's like I just I just like really I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I it don't. Was, again, you know what it is for me, man. It was like a couple of years ago. I went and saw uh, Diarrhea Planet at uh, the Space yeah. in Hamden when they still had like the um, I don't even know if that the smaller venue was still open over there at the Space because they had the Space Ballroom that they opened. Yep. Across the parking lot, that's a much bigger uh, venue. But um, where I did actually see Twin Peaks, so that was that was a cool show. Remember, yeah, you came with me on that one. Yeah, that yeah, was fun. that was one of the hottest, sweatiest shows I it ever. Was been so to. good though, it was good. They played so well. Yeah, great rock and roll band, man. They like came in, like burned down, and then left. But yep. uh, I went and saw Diarrhea Planet, right? And uh, they brought their they they brought all Nashville bands with them. Yeah. And so they brought their scene up with them a little bit. Right, right. And I got to experience that. And the bands sound different. It was Music Band, Diarrhea Planet, and uh, maybe one more band. Oh, yeah, Music Band, man. Yeah. But Another great band. That's what I'm saying. There was like a, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I really did get into the Nashville scene because there was like, there were bands that I, you know what I mean? They were all cropping up everywhere. Yeah. Like, just off the top of my head uh, from the things I had found, right? It was like uh, Natural Child, uh uh, music band, Daddy Diarrhea issues. Planet, Daddy Issues, uh, Jeff the Brotherhood. Toby Coke. Yeah, uh, like uh, Bully. One? Um, that band that I'm getting their record in today. We I'm have a still... bunch of cassettes, too, from the Infinity Cat. Yeah, Infinity like, uh, Cat cassette. record label. But why did that stop, too? I was so bummed out. They don't do the cassette I know. Well, thing you know anymore. what I mean? Like, thing, things die out, man. Like, yeah. like you know, like it, it's the thing that well, last time we went and saw Jeff the Brotherhood, a band we really like. Yeah. There was fifteen people there, bro. And it was like it's such a shame. And then the too, time like the time before band. we saw them, yeah, with our favorite band, you yeah. know. But to that though the time before we saw them, it was like thirty people. And then the yeah. next time it was like fifteen people, yeah. maybe twelve. But again, I mean, if we go back to what we were talking about in terms of like uh great like good music venues and stuff. I mean the Massachusetts show that we went to to go see them right after that Cosmic venue was uh, great. The venue was great, but it's just like it's in the middle. It's in the middle of this tiny little like old mill town in the middle, kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know what I it mean? It was, and it's like, 
And you're like, what is happening? Like, why is it? This place should be bumping. This is a badass band. Well, let's let's talk about it you know? too, man. Like, we have like a venue that's been hosting like bigger shows, like, uh, in town. We live in a really small town, and there's been a venue that's been uh like hosting um that Stoner Rock Festival every year. Oh, we might yeah. never go, even though we do like that music. Yeah, and we, we just always, never go. We always say, oh, but, I, we got to go to that. One but of these it's years. never advertised, and we live in town. Right. There's not like a giant poster on yeah. on all the you know what I mean? It's not like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stoner there's Rock like Festival. There's like a there's like a there's like a small paper outside the door that yeah. if you didn't walk by it, you'd never see it. Right. And me and Mike drive through town all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like then like I see someone I was like, "Oh, that happened. That was this weekend." Oh, I didn't know. I would have went down there. Right, right. It's right. And like you it, that's yeah, I don't it's know. Sad, man. So I, I think me and Mike are really just talking about our frustrations with like, you know. Well, just the lack of a scene, the lack of a uh, the lack not... of cohesion. It's the you know I want yeah. I want more rock and roll myth, man. So do I, and I just I want I like, think that I want rock Wolfman and... Jack Howlin on the radio. I think the only I think the area that rock and roll has really gone to in terms of like uh, culturally speaking at this point, if it's not the Greta Van Fleets that are just on. You know, on I want to I would say MTV, but you know what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. on YouTube or whatever. But like the YouTubes, the YouTubes. Uh, but I, it's more. I think it's more so like now any sort of guitar-driven bands or anything have just kind of hopped on like festival circuits and they just play like to the hippies. You know what I mean? Like that's what it. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it is now. It's like down with the hippies, man. You know, and it's you know like right on, right on. But peace and love. Yeah, peace and love, but also drugs, you know, and that's kind of a problem sometimes when it comes to, you know, you say you, you want to throw a show and people show up and they have, you know, they have money to buy, you know, whatever stimulant it is that they want, but, you know, they begrudgingly pay a $5 door fee and you're like, well, you know, if the people aren't, aren't willing to support right. the band Isn't that too, the problem? it's like, that's the, the problem. The $5 door fee. How it's much like is a five, it to get? It's 10 bucks? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, if not because ten bucks, three, you know it was it's three hundred dollars to rent the hall, and then well, yeah, but the thing is, is that they show up and they show up with say I'm obviously guessing here, but like say they show up with fifty bucks, well that fifty bucks is their money for that you know for their drinks, and if they bump into a buddy, they like buy a dime bag or something, or who knows whatever it is, you know what I mean? But the money is more prioritized towards the stimulants and the experience rather than like the community and the music and stuff because there's been plenty of shows that's wh- that love, I've this gone is why and the played. Grateful Dead were so successful they gave the drugs out for free ah uh, there you go <laughs> there you go and come to, to the show yeah, I mean you know what I mean here yeah like drink a little bit of this punch and you'll be good for the next 13 hours you all know right, but I right. mean but you know what I'm saying man it's just that so, a lot of things have been lost I think along the way and let's try to get them back on track let's okay so let's let's let me talk about an album that I feel like uh is uh at points reminiscent to that um to that what what me and Mike are maybe talking about. I listened uh oh, to So the I new... finally caved. I bought Rough and Rowdy Ways, um the Bob new Bob Dylan record. Um and I have to say I I loved it so much, man. Yeah. I was like I was taken. I was very, very taken with it. It I was I avoided it for a minute because, you know, I it was almost like 
I I really like Bob Dylan guys, and I just like I you know I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to listen yeah. to a grumbly Bob that sucks. So well, and you look at the album cover, and not for nothing. But I mean, we talked about that. When it yeah, first the, came I, out. I, the album I, cover just looks really corny. So I like, like you know if I'm giving it you know out of five stars, I'm giving it five stars. I really I love this record that much. I think it's really good. Um, okay. And like I can talk to, I can talk a couple of points that I, I kind of thought about it, but like I, I want to kind of like talk about the songs first, right? Like, so yeah. back you know early in pandemic, he released uh, early in pandemic. Ugh. He released. Uh, yeah, it's been a while now. Huh? You know the the seventeen minute song uh, "Murder Most Foul," and it was you know I didn't listen to it because that was like a seventeen minute Bob Dylan song. I, it, for me, people, I'm a I'm a vinyl guy. I want to sit down, and if I sit down, I want to sit down. I don't want to be interrupted. Yeah. I, and I'm glad I waited. I'm, I'm glad I waited until I was ready to listen to it. I bought the whole thing, listened to it in one, you know, fluid go through. Yep. And, you know, on the last track, you know, it starts. Uh, it's been a lot written about it. You know, about what you know what it's about. It's you know kind of about like the Kennedy assassination, and then kind of you know burst forth from there in a you know almost like a spew of consciousness kind of kind of thing um but like you know he's he's calling out for like wolfman jack and you know to play like play rock and roll songs and you know songs that like you know you don't think bob dylan's even like really that hip about and it's like you know it's it's reminiscent of that of that like where did where did that go where's that spirit like why isn't rock and roll like wolfman jack anymore man yeah, like yeah. where's my where's my like rock and roll man like that kind of thing and and this whole album even though it doesn't does isn't like you know it's not like it's not intense like a lot of rock and roll can be it, it has the spirit throughout it so much yeah that i really really appreciated um and like i i mean i thought like his voice you know for the grumbly bob that we have I thought his voice was on point for the songs. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to... I went to the record store yesterday. I was talking to Dan, Mystic Disc. Shout out to Dan. Yep. Um, and I was like, hey, man. I said, how about that new Dylan album? You know, he's like, oh, it's amazing. And and he even said it. He's like, you know, people were wondering why he was coming out and doing, like, these Sinatra covers and all that stuff. He said, but he, he was reteaching himself how to sing, you know? And I think that that... I think that it shows on this album. I think that... You know, okay, yeah, Bob Dylan's voice is has kind of been a, a thing of, uh, you know, kind of makes people kind of like ugh, cringe a little bit. You yeah, know? Th- throughout the whole time. Yeah, throughout. The, I'm not saying, yeah, I don't. But what I'm saying is, is I think that this album is uh, is a redeeming album in 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 relation to that because I think it's like, oh, okay, well, here's Bob Dylan finally figuring out how to sing with the voice that he now has instead of just being like. I I felt I felt like it it has like um I I this is gonna be some like shit but like it almost has like um like Old Testament vibes right yeah like it has weight right holds like, yeah like the words that he says holds weight and it, it feels so uh, <coughs> so like intentional like every phrase is is yeah you know yeah I liked it I mean I didn't I didn't get to listen to it in depth as much as I wanted to. But I'll say, like, you know, tunes like, uh, what's that, Goodbye Jimmy Reed. I Yo, mean, that man, song's that, a bar- barn burner, man. Right? That, that, that song's awesome. Like, I love that. There's a lot of really good stuff on there. Oh. But it, it is it is 100% a, like, 
sit down and listen to it record. Like it's not yeah, really like I would, a drive okay, album. That one too. I, yeah. really... I don't recommend this album for the car at all. Mm-hmm. I don't. This was like a record. Sit down, listen to it. Like, be patient. Like, you know, I, I think there's a lot to get out of this record. I can't yeah. wait to listen to it more and more times and have it have it run through. The, a couple other things I liked about it, um, as far as like you know maybe like a bigger picture thing. I loved when I put this on, man. I was like, hell yeah, man. Like, you know, like you got Neil out there doing it, but like, it was refreshing to hear. An old ass dude, give me his point of view. Like, you know, like we're, you, we're almost like not like old people get useless in American society. Like, like I'm just gonna say it cold. Like we treat old people like shit in America. Yeah, like definitely. And we, very, very, which is very different, really, if you look to at like, almost a lot every of, other culture. Yeah, all the, all the other culture. Yeah, <laughs> every other culture basically treats the elderly people with like reverence and. You know they're the elders of yeah, the man. of the family of the of of you know of the society. Whereas in America we like th- just throw old people away like they're just like old right like old, old trash or something. Yeah. And I and I that's not my opinion. That's not how I feel. It's just it, that's how it seems. Yeah, it kind of. I mean, and, to some extent, it is what it is. It's a product of our, our society. But it's it was refreshing to hear like Bob like come out with like some you know great lyrics some thoughtful things like yeah like like what does a seven-year-old man think of do we ever ask like you know what i mean like i right. guess like joe biden's telling us what the hell he feels and you know <laughs> yeah he likes ice cream yeah but like he's not you know he's not critiquing <laughs> art you know right I mean? right 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 no i know what you're saying i was just right and that, that's what i'm I mean, saying like joke. um do it till you die like what it, we're yeah. getting to the point where the rock and roll era is we're getting that that thing where we're like do it till you die how old are you like, how old are these people getting? Well, yeah, because, I mean, point you look at Neil Young, is, you look at Bob Dylan, you look at Mick Jagger, this is a you high, look at... This is a high watermark for any artist of that generation. Sure. Yeah, Get yeah, on yeah. this level. Get on the level of rough and rowdy ways for Bob Dylan. Yeah. In, and, in 2020. Yeah, and in comparison... He's, he's This is a definitely one of the best albums of the year already. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as, like, rock and roll goes, you know? Because, um, I mean, I can't speak to, like, modern pop. I'm not, I don't listen to it. So, there's yeah. that. But um, so in comparison, though, like if we're looking at it this way, like so, how does it hold up, say, against maybe like Neil Young's latest release? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, the last one he came out with was just that, like, uh, it was an old record. But yeah. I, I think Neil's still rocking. I think yeah. Neil's got something to say. I'm not always like super interested to hear in modern Neil. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Dylan holds like a bit more weight with me. Yeah. Um, you know. I sometimes I sometimes I find like Neil Young. I like Neil Young, love him. So don't get me wrong. Yes, here. I do as well. But just... um, sometimes I find him to be a little bit like yelling at me. Like, yeah. You're like, you should be ashamed. You need to look what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, I read the article too, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes it's a bit like in my in uh, it's a bit on the nose for me. A bit bit on the nose. Not that I think it's bad. It's just not nothing. I'm like searching out all the time. Um, yeah, but I think but, Dylan gives it to gives it to you much more uh, poetic. Yeah, dude. Like I listened to this and I was like, "Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah!" This dude like is is he makes me he makes me proud to be an American, man. Like yeah. when yeah, I yeah, hear yeah. the poetry, the songs of Bob Dylan, man, like that makes me proud. Like yeah. it makes me like I hear I hear you know this old man you know giving me like his you know what i mean giving me his thoughts and views of the world and 
And uh, you know what I mean? I'm just I was I was just happy. I was grateful to hear it, man. Yeah. Like I was grateful to hear it. It was uh, I don't know. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's that's. I don't know. Like you said, it makes you proud to be an American in the way. And, and I, I completely like, I know that's messed up, mean. but like, no, but I, I know what it's you're not saying. Messed up. It's, it's, it's like, not messed uh, up, man, there's nothing wrong with being, listen, be, being, I think this is my opinion now. I'm not getting and, political. And you know but, what? It, like, like people too, like other people, like, you know, just for a throw, like little Richard makes me proud to be an American, man. Well, like, yeah, man. It's and like it's that, like, like those people, like. Those are my people. Like yeah. those are Americans. Like yeah. I, lo- you know what I mean. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like yeah. I just got like this Bob Dylan album is on that fundamental kind of level of like talking about really like I felt like it had a lot to do with what was going on outside our doors right now, this present day. And I think I think that you can be proud to be an American, but not be proud of America in terms of its decision making and the way that it's going. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, like it's not it doesn't I feel have like to- uh yeah, I feel like um that wave of intellectual thought is like uh frowned upon a lot, but yeah. I agree. But because you're not saying happy I'm proud- with everything, but I'm so proud to live here, man. Like, yeah. I'm proud that like uh I'm proud that Bob Dylan lives here. I'm proud that he gets to con- yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like um I I'm just like I guess I'm 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 I hear what you're saying, though, man. I hear what you're saying. It's 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 the appreciation of uh, like American art, right? I mean, yeah, you look yes, at no, like that's what it is, man. That's what it is. It, yeah. it's like it's it's like Bob Dylan because America was free, you know, to the point that it is free. Like, you know, let's not get it twisted. But like, he was he's able to say some heavy shit, you know. And, uh, well, look at it this way, man. If you wore a song of protest against Soviet Russia, you're thrown in what's that called? The gulag, right? Isn't that what they call it? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, how many countries is it where if a musician came out and wrote a song of protest, they would end up in jail? You know what I'm saying? And it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying, uh, I don't know. I'm just glad my society, like, uh, you know, Murder Most Foul, man. It, it's 17 <sighs> minutes long, but it was like, it was so enjoyable, man. It yeah. was just like... I don't know. I was just happy to uh, to really listen to it and soak it up, and it. I was just really, uh, like I don't know, man. It, yeah. In uh, in awe of it. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. like um, I don't know. Well, I wish like like do, the doing it till you die thing, man. Like I wish Pete Towns and Roger Daltrey would keep make. I wish they'd make like a, like as many albums as they possibly could in the shortest amount of time possible. Yeah. Yeah, I wish yeah. they'd just do it till they die. I wish everybody did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, oh, I don't want to see that dinosaur. Screw that, man. Yeah. I want to hear Iggy Pop when he's 97. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what right. does he have to tell me, man, in his crackly-ass voice? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me. What's going on? Like, I think that all all voices are valid, man. Like, I just yeah. let's hear it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So that was, like, the kind of the other thing I thought was great about that record. Uh, well, speaking to American music... Um... I was telling Luke earlier, I picked a record up yesterday. It's uh, Wayne Shorter's Speak No Evil. Uh, and you want to talk about jazz. I mean, jazz is like a very much American. Uh, very A, a very American uh, uh, um, form of music. Uh, and just to speak to this album real quick, man, like, it's killer. Wayne Shorter. I mean, you know, Wayne Shorter kills it. He's playing tenor, which is nice. I'm not a huge fan. When he, I'm not a huge fan of Wayne Shorter when he plays alto, but I like him on tenor. But same thing, I mean, Herbie Hancock on piano, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Elvin Jones, drums, Ron Carter, double bass. Like, it's. Oh, uh, wait. So it's basically Miles Davis's band. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it and is. And it's great, but that's. And, yeah, exactly. And I mean, who is it? 
Wayne Shorter. They're backing Wayne Shorter. Yeah, so yeah, they're that. backing on, uh, and it was a uh, uh, Blue Note. Oh, that's cool, man. Blue Note release, right on. Uh, recorded Rudy Van Gelder, or I'm sorry, well, engineered, right? He was the engineer. Um, great album. The song "Speak No Evil's Killer." You know, I mean, the song "Witch Hunt's Great." I mean, every every track for me on this delivers. I was listening to it. And I was thinking about like that 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 like five entry level jazz records. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would call this an entry-level jazz record, although it kind of would sit nicely with those five records that we had named. I think it pairs nicely, but I think there are... Not that it's so busy that uh, it's challenging, one but of, I one think... One of the first things, to maybe like a, a good branch off, couple couple branches off. Yeah, like after you listen to Saxophone Colossus, after you listen to Kind of Blue, after you listen to Blue Train, after you listen to Jazz Messengers, you know, this is just, it pairs nicely with all that stuff. I find it to still be kind of cool jazz, but there are moments in it where I think what's challenging isn't necessarily like... Like a Coltrane where it's a lot of these like cascading crazy scales and, and like double time and stuff as much as it's um, just some of, some of the chord choices can be kind of jarring and kind of like uncomfortable feeling. There's definitely sweetness to it. There's the, there's velvetiness to it. It's all that really good stuff, but there's definitely a couple uh, hammered out sort of <laughs> The parts where you're just like, oh, this this might make this makes me feel kind of a little uncomfortable, you know. But I did I, in a good way, you know. I, I get that. I I I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the older I get, the more I'm getting down with like just like some stuff like uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's I, I, musically it's, challenge anything musically challenging. Is, even if I don't like it, it's still interesting. You isn't know? it cool? Isn't it like I I like the feeling when it's challenging. You know, it's like something that like used to challenge you, but now when you listen to it, it's like. Hell would have. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and jazz, I think jazz, uh, more than most music, uh, allows it. Because, like, I don't know. I find, like, what challenging music is now is very, like, say, like, loud and jarring and stuff like that. Where jazz can give you a song that's, like, really mellow and really slow and really quiet. But still just give you a chord that makes your skin crawl because it's so uncomfortably sounds uh, like it's the wrong notes even uh, though it's not what's that what's that you know it's not like death metal you know what i mean where it's uh, like, what's that song of birth of the cool is it called moonbeams oh uh, where it go, you know what i'm talking about where it goes like and it does the chords keep getting more like sad and sour yeah but then it like brings you back up. I think the song's called Moonbeams. Yeah. Uh, and that the song comes up back in on like the sweetest, sweetest yeah. note. It's like, ah, oh, man. Oh, it, you know what's interesting? It, like cuts too. you with a knife and then like heals you right back up. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday when I was, we were, ta- I was talking jazz with uh, the owner, Dan, and, uh, you know, we were just talking about, you know, he's just talking about like records that he's picked up, different collections and stuff, and like what sells well and what doesn't sell well. You know, we're just talking shop, whatever. Um, but he was flipping through records and he's like, like this, he said, look, it's a, a Miles Davis greatest hits. Who wants a Miles Davis greatest hits? Jazz heads don't listen to greatest hits albums. Why? Cause you're not going to put a song from kind of blue on the same album as a song from bitches brew. He's like, you're just not going to do it. It just doesn't work. Like, why would you do that? You're not doing, if you want to hear kind of blue 
Miles Davis, you're going to listen to Kind of Blue. If you want to hear Bitches Brew, Miles Davis, you're going to listen to Bitches Brew. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I, 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 I mean, guys, I'm, I'm just not there yet in my life. You know, I'm sure I'm going to get there one day, but that's why I don't own Bitches Brew and I do own Kind of Blue. Like, yeah, you know and what I, I mean, because yeah. it's just like something personally I know I wouldn't listen to that much. Yeah, and I have a live Miles album that I, I'm pretty sure it's the Bitches Brew era. Uh, yeah, right. It's called uh, Live Evil, right? Something yeah, I like think that. so. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah, like yeah. this really, really weird sort of like looking alien. It's either right before that came stuff. out or right yeah. after. And like right on. But but again, kind of going to speaking about what we were speaking about earlier is that like bands and artists and everything now are just so like categorized, compartmentalized and stuff that like if you look at a catalog like Miles Davis's, okay, yeah, he's still playing trumpet, but you listen to Bitches Brew and it's like. It's so different than like, you know, uh, what is it like steaming with the Miles Davis quintet? You know what I mean? It's like it's not there's it's nothing alike, even though it's, still it's Miles different. Davis. It's different. Right. So that, you know, I don't know. I It was just an interesting point that Dan said that because I, I guess I had just never really thought about that before where I was like, hmm, yeah, you know what? He's right. Like, ja- like I was trying to think in my head, like what what jazz like what jazz artist would that work with like best ofs aside from say maybe like a dave brubeck or like you know what i mean i don't know i'm just okay so like when you were saying that one came into my head instantly that does work uh mose allison sings from prestige oh, right yeah uh because Mo- on a mose allison record like the prestige releases mose allison uh would you know maybe like two songs had like vocals on it and yep. the rest of the album's instrumental, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, Prestige, like, put together a comp of, like, all his songs singing. But, like, for that, you know, kind of thought, too, his sound didn't really change all that much from there. It only really changed in the late 60s when he got electric pianos. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I guess that would work on top of there, you know, on top of that thought anyway. Yeah. But, like, I hear you. Uh, but, um, like, like, pop records that works, I guess. Like, the Beatles... Like, right, I, right. I could hear like uh, "Please Please Me" and like uh, "I'm the Walrus" on the same record. Right, that's what I, that, and that's that's where I, that's why I kind of like started. It's just an about interesting it a thought, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's I, I I didn't necessarily mean for us to like you know go off the rails like talking about this as a topic necessarily. As this much whole as, episode's been pretty off the rails. Yeah, that's okay, <laughs> and that's okay. We're just getting back into it. But I don't know. It was just an I. It was a thing that you know because you. Because you think about greatest hits albums, you know, and I'm definitely I, maybe this sounds pretentious or whatever, but like I I rarely go for a greatest hits album. Some people that's what they do. Some people most okay. Uh, at least oh. a lot of people I've I've met that are like, oh yeah, I I I have Joe Cocker's greatest hits, and then I'm like, all right, I, but do I, you have I, like, do you think uh, greatest hits were okay? So definitely in the vinyl era, to some extent, greatest hits were very very popular. Sure, but do you think like greatest hits were mainly? Um, like a a trick to get people to buy the new format that was the CD, right? So you don't have to buy oh, them all yeah. over again. Joe Crocker's greatest hits, right? CD, yeah, like the platinum gold, yeah. CDs but, that were remember always those for like the nine silver? bucks, yeah. That were at like Walmart, nine, yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm talking about. Okay, so th- those are some of the shittiest greatest hits packages I yeah. ever bought, and I bought a lot. Let me of just them. say, can I just say to the to those com those greatest hits credit though. Every once in a while, you would buy one of those just to be like, eh, screw it, whatever. But you'd find a couple of gems. There'd be like a cool live cut that was like the 22nd song because it was always like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was always like 22 to 24 songs of uh, the greatest hits of, uh, you know, Alabama's greatest hits or whatever the hell it was. The Eagles. 
platinum gold. Did you buy hits. Alabama's greatest hits? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. You just not. said that because Mike was given up. We with <laughs> we, we were given some of uh, my grandmother's stuff the other day, and Mike like got a box, and there was an Alabama cassette in it. I there was noticed. an Alabama cassette in it, a Yanni cassette. Yeah, Yanni. A little like little mouse. And uh, like a, a stuff like a not a real mouse. Yeah, no, no, not like a real mouse. Like a little, you know, like like a children's toy style mouse. But it was tiny. It was like the size of maybe like a peanut. And uh, and a Jesus that very clearly was <laughs> not attached to the crucifix. <laughs> and it was just the Jesus body, like this little plastic Jesus body. It must have been, you know, like what, like uh, four inches tall or something. And it was weird. It was a weird one. But yeah, Yanni was the great one in there. I, I, I think, was really I think Greatest Hits that. were definitely a way to repackage the stuff, thing, though, just to get people to buy it again. I think it's, yeah. it's straight up like a marketing thing. Also, like and great, most of the time, great, the artists didn't know that those greatest hits were released. Yeah, nobody likes their greatest hits package. No. Uh, ones that work really well. Let me tell you the ones that work. I feel. Yeah. Tom Petty's greatest hits. It's one sure. of the best ones. That's because every almost every song Tom Petty wrote was a hit, though. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, no, he okay, has no, some... no, no. I disagree. Think of all the album tracks that you don't even know yeah, from Tom true. Petty. That's true. And there's some jabs in there. He There's wrote tons some bangers, of gems. Though. He wrote some bangers. Yeah, he did. Like, Damn the Torpedoes is a perfect album. Like, mm-hmm. everything's great on that. You know, but there's like some duds on, on some a lot of stuff. But I'd say his greatest they, hits record is so good. It's like one of those ones that plays yeah. so well for me. I'd say the Yes Classics, that was oh the greatest hits album. That okay, was, but that's a greatest hits album that got me and you into Yes. It got right. us to like, for, and I because think the, it was easy to listen to. And I think the reason why it was easy to listen to is because Chris Squire put it together put it together and he basically edited all the songs in the studio to run into one another even though they were all from separate albums so it it's it was worked really well but that's what that's what i'm saying really though thoughtful. that's that exactly it's very thoughtful it's in that way it's the difference between like a record label going well we own the rights to all these songs anyway these are the greatest hits over the last 10 years let's just put a, you know you look at like steve miller band's greatest hits and it's just like oh you know, that, that's a killer package but that's yeah right that's a good i like that greatest hits album Me i think too. That see fun. i see some of them really work well. and that's what oh, i mean some another of them one do. i love another one i love uh, I I don't even think this got really uh, re-released in the CD format because mm-hmm. we have like so much better one comps now. But yeah. uh, Elton Elton John's greatest hits, the vinyl one where he's got the golfer. Oh yeah. Uh, uh he's got that. What, is, what do they call those? Uh, a brooch. He's got the golfer brooch on. Yeah. That album plays great for me. Right. Because I just most of the time when I listen to Elton John, I want hits. There are yeah. albums I'll sit through like um Goodbye um, Yellow Brick Road. Like, yep, yep, Yellow Brick know. Road's great. Um Mad Men Across the Water, I'll listen When I'm in the Mood, Tumbleweed Connection. Right. Uh even like Hon- Honky Chateau, I'll listen to You can Caribou. I'll do Caribou. I won't do Caribou. No? No. Get out of here with yeah. Caribou. Caribou. Uh, also, what's the other one? The fan, uh, Mr. Well, the Fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah, it's I don't like that. I, what I'm saying is that's where like I, that's where I really yeah really yeah yeah yeah. My, uh, no, I hear you. But I'm like, just, there are moods when I will listen to a full Elton John record, but most yeah. of the time I just want to listen to the greatest hits. Like, yeah, and that's the package I'll listen to. Be to be fair, I feel like that about like the Eagles. I feel like that about well, oh the Eagles' greatest hits. Three albums one. in, yeah. was it three albums in? They released the greatest hits. It's yeah. like the best-selling album of all time. Because for, for uh, to be yeah, honest with you, yeah, let's talk about that one. That one's a, that was a great marketing decision because yeah. who the hell wants to sit like through <laughs> <laughs> three Eagles records? Oh my god, they I suck. Mean, yeah, no, no, they don't suck. It's no, they don't I'm suck. not a big fan, but like that's a band where I, if I do want to listen to them, I will only want hits. I want hits only. And I'm an, yeah. I'm listen guys I'm an album listener I listen to albums yeah. all the time 
Like I've listened to like four this morning. Wasn't like, there a cross? There's there's a decent Crosby, Stills, Nash greatest hits, isn't there? Uh, I always thought like Four Way Street worked as the greatest hit, hits. Was it? Is that four, what it was? I mean, Four Way Street's the uh, the live record. Oh, which yeah. is killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. I mean, I'll go for. Maybe that. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's got that killer version of Ohio on it. Remember we played oh, that on the radio it. I love one time. That song. That's such a good song. Yeah, it's killer. Woodstock too. That's a great tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, either way. Greatest hits. I don't know. Tell uh, us what you think. Ones that do you do- like greatest hits? Oh, another one that's crazy good. I'm sorry. I keep thinking of them. No, Endless Summer. Going. Endless Summer. The Beach Boys. Mm. The uh, 1974 package. Which yeah. Is number one. Great, great greatest hits record. The Doors oh. greatest hits wasn't terrible. Uh, Which one? 13? Not 13. No. The one that's like the red and white cover where I think it's just Is Jim that Morrison. like CD format? I think it was like a CD release Oh, one. no, no. That got released on vinyl. I know which one you're Did talking it? about. Did it? Yeah. I don't think I... Uh, I might have. 13. Uh, I see. That one doesn't work for me, though. If I listen to... uh That one, that's a band for me. If I listen to... The Doors. Most of the time, I I'm, I want an album because I want the era. Because I want well, I want right. L- if I, I want, want first, Woman. if I want first album, I want first album. But I want L.A. Woman. I want to also hear like I've been down so yeah, goddamn long. Yeah, because yeah, you have like Morrison Hotel, yeah, L.A. Man, Woman if I, I want, era, and then you have if I'm the listening first album. to I, Bearded Morrison, I want Bearded Morrison. If I yeah. want, if I want. If I went young poetic Jim Morrison, I'll listen to young poetic Jim Morrison. Right, 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 you know, right. Sometimes I want to listen to uh, just, you know, railed out, drunk, snorted <laughs> a bunch of coke. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? And other yeah. times I just want I just want some poetry and alcohol. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Psychedelics. Yeah, I like that. That that That's a band for me I, I like errors in. Where, like, even like where the Beatles, I don't really want, you know, I do like album and error with the Beatles. Yeah. But, like, also, I like me a good greatest hits package. You know, the red and blue. Yeah. Red and blue is... But then that's thoughtful, again. A thoughtful. Where it was like early Beatles, later Beatles. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, great first era, great of the second era. Yeah, I think I think what... Maybe I could say, you could say, like, I think what killed the greatest hits era was the CD. Yeah. Because it's just like so... There's just... You know, I don't know. There's just so much crap. Yeah. Just so much crap comps put together just for the sake of, like, trying to sell... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, I don't know. The greatest hits know. packages have always been that. Just some of them bring hit well than other ones. Oh, yeah. my God. We turned this episode into half is Rock and Roll Dead, half greatest hits, half of Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah but we're oh just spitball, man. We're just talking about music. This is what we, you know. We, we I do. mean, we've been off for a while. So, you know, we've been. We have some catching up to do. Yeah, man. We definitely have. What album is that? What do you have there? Oh, man. So, okay. Uh,. <laughs> This is my how you probably know this band. Um, Austin Powers, when they're in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Do you know the song is playing when they're going over the Sunset Strip for the first time? It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that is Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66. Oh. Right? So America was in the uh, Bossa Nova craze, right, in no, the yep. mid-60s. Um, A&M Records was started by, do you know? No. Man, Mr. Whipped Cream and Other Delights himself. Oh, no, Herb Alpert, yeah. He started A&M Records, and one of his uh, big signees was uh, Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66. Um, That song, which I really don't know the name of off the top of my head, guys, but um, it's on their first album uh, that I know was, I believe, called uh, Herb Alpert Presents Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66, Um, and it's got great... Right, so it almost takes... What's good about like the uh, Gets Gilberto album, 
uh, that famous, like the really big first famous Bossa Nova record uh, gets Gilberto. Um, you know, you have Astrid uh, Gilberto doing the um, like kind of that dry, you know, English lyric over the Bossa Nova or you, you'll get the Spanish lyric. Right. So this does the same thing almost, but it's more of like Herb Albert's corniness to it. Right. Hmm. So there's like a sheen of like bubblegum all over it because they do um pop covers that's where like yeah i was gonna say i was looking at the like at this the one track is, list thing this one is has like fool on the hill yep um they're really famous for their Scarborough fair right they're really famous for the cover of uh the look of love the okay. look of love okay uh okay. their version charted higher than dusty springfield's version which is you know was supposed to be the big one um so yeah this if you like bossa nova music um, and you're also into like kind of maybe like uh, if you're into Herb Albert, like that kind of like lounge music. Yep. This is like a great intersection between the Boston Nova craze in America, lounge music um, and like, um, you know, just swinging for the pop charts, uh, pop covers. Hmm. So, yeah, I would recommend like at least maybe like the first three Sergio Mendez albums. If you're into Bossa Nova and if you're into like uh, like my boy Roy listens to like uh um herb albert yeah you know tijuana brass like they're setting up gear for their gig or whatever like yep. people's poppers will be like you know rocking some uh herb albert a lot which yeah I or dig. like Gates Gilberto. yeah yeah so um you know uh sergio mendez in brazil 66 um i find i because i i'd always loved that song in austin powers mm -hmm. but i never thought to like look it up yeah to what it was i was always just like oh maybe the, i always thought it was like um score music right right and then one day i was on um amazon music and it got recommended to me um and, oh, I, clicked no way. It and I heard it like oh, yeah. and i was like oh that's that band and i was in mystic disc a couple weeks ago yeah dan had some like junky records near the door yeah. and these were in the front and i flipped them and i was like oh i was like what i was like this is that band so i finally uh you know because i think all they had in amazon music was like a greatest hits oh, okay. so i finally got to uh you know, listen to these, and uh, when my power was out, I uh, brought my little uh, portable system mm -hmm. over where I was staying. I listened to both of these in headphones, and uh, it fed my Boston Nova craze and gave me uh, some more stuff to listen to. So you got like uh, songs in, uh, oh, oh my gosh, uh, Portuguese on here. You have yep. uh, oh, yeah, American yeah. Uh, women singing uh, English lyrics over like Boston Nova beat uh, pop covers of the day. They do the Fool on the Hill, like the Beatles song. It's yeah. great. Um, Highly recommended. Highly. Yeah. I, I like it. It's not um profound music. It's just a ton of fun if you're into it. Sixty stuff. Yeah, I love I mean, I love Bossa Nova. It just it it, it it creates a really nice space, I found. Ooh. You know? Yeah, it does. I think so. Um, um So uh you know, Milo Guy guys, I've been kinda I've been on that eBay game a little bit. So uh, I doing bought the boots. Yeah, doing. I bought some bootlegs off of eBay, guys, because I I've been getting some just great ones, and there's good deals I've been getting. So I, you know, I take a swing at a good deal. Um, I got this Rolling Stones bootleg called Shattered. Um, I thought I was buying a bootleg I had heard. I thought this bootleg that I was buying was the Stones, and I think it's New Jersey or New York on the '78 tour. Um, there's a full boot of that that I had heard. I thought this was a like single condensed version of that one album version deal. But it was not. It happened to be another show uh, from Cleveland that I had heard before. Hmm. Um, I had heard this bootleg uh, not called Shattered. I had heard it with the title Rimshot. Um, and it's got a great picture on the cover of uh, Farrah Fawcett. 
on a toilet seat. It's like a drawing that somebody made. I look it up. So oh, if weird. you go on uh, go on Discogs and look up the Rolling Stone album bootleg uh, called The Rim Shot, one of the uh, most disgusting and vulgar covers I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, amazing. But anyway, uh, this show was really. Uh, it was recorded by a fan out in the back. It's got Beast of Burden, Lies, Miss You, Shattered, a lot of great stuff from uh, Some Girls, When the Whip Comes Down. Oh, it's also got a great version of Far Away Eyes. Mm. Uh, that song that he sings in the, the faux southern accent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah right? Um, and it's great, too, because um, the recording is uh, rather shit. But mm. you can yeah, hear, that was I was going to ask you, like, how does it actually sound? You can hear the um, the guys in the audience, the people around whoever was recording it talking. So when Far Away Eyes comes on, they're like, one of the guys is like, oh, I heard this on the radio the other day. This is a country song. It sucks. <laughs> um, but they really like Miss You. When Miss You comes on, they're like, yeah, yeah, Isn't that yeah. interesting how you can actually, you know, that, that – It's cool. Uh, you get to, like, be in the concert. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. In the seat. You listening. can hear the fans, like, shit-talking their songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this also opens up with the <laughs> shittiest version of Beast of Burden I've ever yeah. heard. Oh what year God. is it? 78, same uh, uh, Some Girls Tour. Okay, so Ronnie Wood. Yeah, Ronnie Wood. Yeah. yeah, this version of Beast of Burden on here is horrible. Yeah. So this is the, uh, if, you, if you're curious, you want to look it up. This is uh, live in Cleveland, Ohio, July 1st, 78. Uh, this boot is called Shattered or Rimshot. Um, mm. Those are the versions that came out on. Uh, probably some of those are full version of the show, bumping around. Yeah. But um, the vinyl version, I think this is the only thing going on. I also bought another Stones boot, Mike. Okay. This one, uh, same band lineup, got Ronnie Wood. But, this um, is later, right? Yes, this is uh, this this bootleg. It's called Twenty Flight Rock. Uh, th- this is a three LP full show from nineteen eighty one. Jeez. Yeah, Keith Richards' thirty uh, eighth birthday, December eighteenth, nineteen eighty one, uh, live at the Hampton Coliseum, uh, Hampton Hampton Coliseum in Hampton, Virginia. Um, this set, yeah, man, three LPs. Um, this was a uh, great-sounding boot. It was recorded on soundboard. The Rolling Stones have since released this boot, Hampton Coliseum, uh, officially. Um, but I really like bootlegs, and the cover for me was the really the uh, the reason why I bought this. The cover is a picture of uh, them backstage, the Rolling Stones, but um, and it wraps around the entire to the back. It's one photo, but the front cover is Charlie... Charlie Watts, the drummer, and Bill Wyman, the bass player. Um, and I really like it because they're, like, the the people in the band that, like, never get spotlighted. Yeah. Right? It's like, the rhythm section. So it's, like, cool that they're on the front because it's, like, really, you know it's, like, for the fans. Yeah. Because the fans really love Charlie and they love Bill. Um, and it's just cool, man. Like, Bill smoking a cigarette and Charlie's smiling. And then you flip it the back. It's got Jagger and, uh, you know, uh, Keith and Ronnie Wood. Um, great set list. Let's spend the night together is one of the highlights I really loved. Um, some of it's got that live, like marauding, really like way too long guitar solos that some of the bands kind of tend yeah. to do. But um, you know, there's uh, great stuff on here. Tumbling Dice was uh, dope. Miss You was really great on here. Um, Jumpin' Jack Flash was wicked good. There was like an eight minute version of Jumpin' Jack Flash, which I did like with the long guitar solos. But, uh, yeah, man, Shattered was good. Let's spend the night together is great. And they opened yeah. up with Under My Thumb, which is what they kind of did. Quality-wise, it sounds okay, too. Amazing quality Be- Like, wise. in comparison to the other boot. Oh, it's like night and day. One yeah. of them's like, uh, so could this could, this was released as an official live album. The other thing yeah. would never be released as an f- official live album. It's yeah. probably one of the worst boots I've heard. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, and to wrap off, like, uh, recent boots I got in, I got Bob Dylan in the band at the Isle of Wight. Um, this is a famous boot. Like, this was released on uh, another self-portrait, um, the deluxe edition, the whole show, Bob Dylan and the band. Uh, the band being Levon, you know, Garth Hudson, yeah. you know, Richard Manuel, uh, you know. The band. The band. Um, the yeah, band. so that was released in full on another uh, self-portrait bootleg series. But um, this is the uh, condensed one album bootleg version. Um, and I believe that this isn't from the tape. This sounds to me like it was somebody in the audience recording this. So it's a uh, different source as well, I think. I can't really oh. tell, though. But either way, it's very cool. Um, it, it has a different sound to the official one I heard. Yeah. Um, and the version I got, there's like this bootleg originally just came with like I think a stamp on the front. This is Isle of Wight, um, and uh, that's in this one disc uh, bootleg version is the only bootleg available of this. Oh, okay. Um, right. So they, this was the full show was never released on a full bootleg ever mm. until Bob released it himself. But um, whoever had got, gotten this bootleg did a wonderful job by uh, cutting out the Rolling Stone article of the Wild uh, Isle of Wight Festival. And they pasted Dylan on the front playing at the festival. Um, they even cut out the headline to make it look like the album title is Dylan on the Isle of Wight. And then another one to, you know, a good tag underneath and it says uh, what he says in the album. Great to be here. Great to be here. It sure is. You know, and mm. then on the back, um, I'm going to show you Mike. Hold on one second. They uh, cut out the article words. Oh, to make yeah, it, yeah, yeah. To make it liner notes and yeah. put a picture of Bob, another picture from the festival on the back cover. Right? Yeah, so, that's cool. Right? It's a really great, uh, you know, not only is this a great bootleg, this is why I love bootlegs. You get something really personal. Right. Like this this fan, got, like, you know, got the Rolling Stone article, got the bootleg, and then made it look like an official album release as right. best as he could. And it, it, you know, or they, she, whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But um, it's it's a beautiful piece of fan art and a beautiful bootleg. Um, highly recommend listening to this album as well because it has uh, some of the best uh, like Dylan country crooner voice ever. Okay, uh, highlights are Maggie's <clears throat> Maggie's farm, um, his acoustic set uh, with uh, Wild Mountain Time on it. You know, it's just amazing. Hmm. They even typed it up, Mike, on the sleeve. Look at that. Oh yeah, huh? Beautiful, right? They typed. They put the sleeve through a typewriter. And actually type the set list. Yeah, the track listing on yeah, it. The track so what's, listing, yeah. Whoever got this boot like really put some beautiful effort into it because this is all added on. Yeah. My version's the you know, I got a special version, fan yeah. made. Yeah, that's cool, cool man. man. Well, speaking of live records, I finally got around to because uh, I don't uh, was it last year when they released like all the Woodstock uh recordings and stuff like that? Like all the bands that played at Woodstock. Yeah. Uh and um I just I, I listened to 50th the 50th anniversary. Uh, yeah, I listened to the CCR set and it's killer, man. Oh, dude, I was telling you last August it's to really, listen to Yeah, that. and I didn't, but I finally got around to it. And yeah, I mean, it is killer. Like their version of I put a spell on you is so good. Dude, it's so, uh, like it is so at so times, good. Right? Yeah, I mean, they just I don't know. They're a great band. I've always loved CCR, uh but hearing them especially live at Woodstock during the Michael, we've been talking for a long time, and I need to pee. So tell, okay. continue to tell the audience about CCR. Okay. Well, why, while Luke takes a quick bathroom break, yeah, it's just I thought it was a killer album. Uh, they open up with Born on the Bayou, and I can't remember. Maybe Luke will remember when he comes back. But uh, the uh, the announcer, you know, he, um, please welcome the Credence Clearwater Revival. You know, it was just like 
great, great introduction. Uh, they go born on the bayou into Green River, um, and uh, other standout tracks that aren't like Bad Moon Rising or Proud Mary. I mean, Commotion's killer. Uh, the night time is the right time. Keep on chugling is cool. Uh, it's interesting to hear uh, CCR because I think that like they they paired well with uh, your canned heats, you know. And it's kind of sad that I think at the time canned heat got a lot of recognition, but as time progressed, I don't think canned heat was gifted this sort of uh, this kind of like legacy kind of thing. Uh, not nearly as much as the way that like CCR did and still has, you know. Um, but you know, uh, you, you listen to Can Heat and it's like that really great, you know. Th- I mean, they boogie. You know, CCR is the boogie band. I mean, not CCR. I'm sorry, Can Heat's the boogie band. Uh, but I was basically saying how like, welcome back, Luke. By the way, wow, thanks. Uh, <laughs> how like uh, I think CCR in terms of like the 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 Woodstock show like pairs well with like a Can Heat, you know, because. Can Heat gives you like that that like nice kind of foot stomping boogie kind of blues thing where CCR. Okay, I, can I tell you? You know, because I, I got so into the CCR set last year, I listened to it like almost every day for like a month. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was uh, almost like proto punky. Yeah, this is why it was very swamp swampy, right? Yeah, down down out down, and they had like a very political message, man. Like right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I felt like that, it was, I mean, it's earlier for Credence, but it's 69, right? Yeah. So, like, I thought that set, like, kind of blazed with, like, you know, like a yeah. great, even, like, Proud Mary, man, on that set. Like, down, out, down, down, out. You know what I mean? Well, you hear you hear how they, the, you hear their intro to Proud Mary, and then you flash forward to, like, Nirvana, and you're like, oh, huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, man. That's you know, what I, that's what when I'm I not heard that it's the set, same thing. No, it's like, it's not. Hmm. But like it, that's like the echo, like the uh, it, the rumbling of it, right? Yeah. Like it, like um, almost like a god, uh, like Mud Huddy, Pearl Jam, uh, right. Nirvana, Soundgarden, like, right, right, right. Like the, it was that. It's got that like swamp. That that Woodstock set has that like great swampy rumbling. Yeah. Um, my favorite was last year when they were like coming out with that set and all that, all that gar, oh, like not garbage, but <laughs> all, that, all that stuff. Jeez, Luke. Um, <laughs> All that, you know, all trash. No, listen, man. I only say it like this because uh, freaking Fogarty was doing promotion for the album like every day. Like th- there was like at least like he did so much promotion for the that live set release, right? And then every interviewer, because I listened to a ton of them. I was super yeah. into the Woodstock, you know, 50 years. They did a lot of great content was put out that was about the festival and the music and the bands and yeah. everything. So I was really into it. I got I listened to like almost everything and. They kept asking him, did you listen to it? It's great. And he went, no. So he was like doing press for an album he didn't even listen to. Like he didn't even listen to it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like half of the what he was like, I I listened to like a couple of seconds of it. It was, yeah. I'm like, just like, can't you just like be proud of it? I don't know, man. Like, oh my God. It's that, you know, like I heard a story one time George Harrison told him like. John Fogarty? Yeah. He went like. Uh, are you ever gonna like play your songs again? Or are you gonna go let everybody think Tina Turner wrote "Proud Mary"? Like, what what's wrong with you? Like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, He was like, get some like get you know what I mean? Like, stop being so like uh you know hurt Just, hurt over the whole like your band like you know yeah your band's mad at you like get over it, bro. Yeah, 
Was that the whole thing? It was the band was mad at him. I, 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 I don't, I, I don't know the story. Yeah, so. you know, there's brotherly hate in there. It's like, yeah, you know, there's a good, there's a good like uh, Kinks kind of vibe going on. Because it's John, and who's John's brother? What's his name? Oh man, I can't think of his name right I now. I have it right here, Tom. Tom, Fogarty. I did know that. Tom that. But yeah, um, man. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, that I mean, shout killer, out, killer leads. It shout was out like, to uh, the other Woodstock sets. I think are dope. Canned heats. Canned heat. Mountain. Uh, Mountain. I love Mountain. Santana. Say, Sa- oh, Santana. Santana sets crazy. Sly and favorite. Sly, Sly oh, Stone. Sly Stone. Yeah, I uh, heard overrated sets. Hendrix. I don't like his Woodstock yeah. set for me is overrated. Listen, okay, he played the the national anthem thing. Of course, that amazing. was a historic, um, amazing historic. Everything moment. else from that set. It's just sloppy, and it's not. Garbage-y. It's like, look, man, I get it. You know, he played what Sunday morning at like nine a.m. You know, it was the last day. I get it. You know, it wasn't Santana set, but it wasn't. No, no way, man. And listen, I I love Jimi Hendrix. I love Jimi Hendrix, and 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 the fact that he has bad sets, and those bad sets have been recorded and released. I love that. Too. Oh man, I love that too. Like, I don't get me wrong, man. I like we were talking about that Stones boot. I was like, that's the, probably the worst version of Beast of Burden I've ever yeah. heard. I'm cool with it. Right. Because it's got a great version of Far Away Eyes on it, man. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you get shit. Sometimes you get the best thing that you ever heard in your life. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think especially for the Hendrix set, like he even says it. He's like, this is like the first time we've actually played as a band. And you can hear it, man. It shows. You know, you're like, yeah, you kind of just threw this just band, band together. Just a band of gypsies. Yeah, just a band of <laughs> Just a band of gypsies. Even though the actual band of gypsies was a great band. Yeah. I, well, you know. that, me and you are... Uh, we're a band lot, of gypsies, guys. We're, well, a we're, lot of people don't share that view. A lot of people think band of gypsies is a load of shit. No, oh, no, man. I, I mean, listen. Okay, listen, man. The we all, we all know, great. we all know. Hendrix would have ended up making some like funkadelic kind of music, right? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, what, what, what? Uh, mag, <laughs> maggot brain is probably what. Yeah. Closer. You know what I mean? More yeah, of like yeah, yeah. Uh, psychedelic funk was what that was kind of leaning towards and I, I mean i dig that so yeah and you can actually i think you can find because because the actual album band of gypsies with uh, billy cox on bass and buddy miles on on drums that is only a piece of the set that's right. not the in- this that's and not that's the show hev- in its entire heavily edited at that yeah right right it's one of my favorite hendrix albums that's you know uh, but yeah, you could, so you can get the whole thing. It's on, it's streaming. And yeah. All that. It's, you I can think it's called it. the, f- it's, it's, they have some kind of, it's name. like the complete Fillmore recordings yeah. or something like that. I don't, I don't know exactly what it's called. Anyway, but, Michael, what, what else have you been listening to now that we've uh, talked to Woodstock again? Uh, uh I mean, 51 years this year, the anniversary. 51 years. Passed. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I don't know, man. I've, 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 I've kind of just been sticking with stuff that I've been sticking to just like a lot of Greek music, a lot of. <laughs> Greek, Greek music. Um, some Billie Eilish. We've actually been doing some Billie Eilish. Yeah, man, I dig. I, I I'm, in, I'm into her. Man. I she, dig. She, she's got some great songs. Yeah, we, that, uh, that's a that's a a great great modern pop artist. I, I'll, yeah. I'll get down with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say definitely a vibe. Definitely, a, like every every song kind of has a similar kind of like if it came out moody chilled out kind of vibe you know and i i'm, I'm into it yeah you know? me too me too i I'm think if it, it came out on the indie label a lot a different kind of people would uh, appreciate it too absolutely yeah i think there's a lot of, Abs- a lot, lot of hate flying around but absolutely uh, you and know it's... me and mike me and mike will sip the haterade like we just we'll shit on Gre- greta van fleet all day but we'll also call out like billy Eilish records uh pretty great pretty yeah. good yeah well, because it's like here's the thing, though. Man. It is, is man. It, so, it is pretty great. She's though. at least trying to write original music and yeah, not I trying love to like and, and trying to sound like 
herself, you know, yeah. and like do do her thing. You like, know, I'm it's not... what it's what me and Mike were talking about earlier, man. It's that like great youthful expression. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's a young person writing uh, their their point of view, and it's it's something uh, beautiful to behold, right? Yeah, and it's adventurous, in my opinion. Yeah, like, man. It's, it's you if know, you, and... if you want to get further down on that vibe, uh, the shags. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Listen, man. Better than the Beatles. Better than the Beatles. Frank Zappa. That, damn right. Better than the Beatles. I don't know. I mean, I tried the shags. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not buying what they're selling. I mean, right on. Right on. Again, we talked about music that it, makes you feel uncomfortable and stuff like that. Like, I'll listen to it because I can, I can enjoy listening to music in that way. Uh, but I'm can also I tell like, you something, yeah, man? I'm good. I'm good. If I'm, I'm by right. myself, and I, it's something like I wouldn't really ever put on too like naturally but like sometimes i'll throw it on for like a song or two and it, it's got that like such childlike expression that i'm telling you it's only in the way that they're just mashing their hands on their instruments no listen like man listen around mashed potatoes it listen man it's got all the beauty of a child's <laughs> of a child's finger painting Right, right. Um, I, I I hear it. it I just don't like it. I, I understand. <laughs> it's it's not something you want to listen to all the time. But I, yeah, I, I no, think it no, does, no, man. No. It has but I, I feel you. That record, the Shags, philosophy of the world. It's yeah. uh, it's the it's the musical equivalent of a of a finger painting. I think it's I. That's what I dig about it, man. Yeah. That to to capture that vibe, uh, that kind of feel on a record, like a a kid figuring it out, yeah. writing a song that they don't know. Nobody, no, nobody told them how to write songs, so that's what they thought it was. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, for me, it, it resonates a lot to like a, a Minuteman record, you know? So that's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, the only, I'd say, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, another record that I listened to, it's, and it's kind of like changing things up a little bit. I actually had it on that day that you swung by. It was like, uh, what, last week or something like that. That Glenn Campbell album. Oh, Yanni's Greatest I'm Hits? Oh, you and Spencer? Listen. That listen, don't my meme loves Yanni. She loves Yanni. We do not throw away her Yanni cassette. She can have it for all <laughs> I care. I don't care. I I don't need to listen to like weird like nature music. When I asked my meme for that. her Walkman a couple years ago, so I could listen to cassettes. Yeah. On it, um, I, when I got the Walkman, uh, the cassette that was in there was uh the A side was Cherry Popping Cherry Poppin' Daddies, and the B side <laughs> was uh the Brian Seltzer Orchestra. <laughs> Oh, that stray cat, <laughs> Meme. That stray cat. Dude, Meme was Meme was strong into the late '90s swing revival. Well, let me tell you, this is what I feel like. Meme's discography consists of all the artists that were featured on PBS. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? They're like, uh, who's that one guy? She doesn't she? she Meme sir, gets like, down. Meme likes Miles Davis. She likes Miles Davis, but she also loves that like piano guy. That's what's his name? Oh, Ser- Sergio. Sergio. <laughs> uh, my Meme like will bu- would buy like CDs from like uh, musicians in the mall. Yeah. Okay, so my Meme would also likes to go to like a lot of craft fairs. And like this guy, this piano player, she like ended up like following him like around. Like she'll like look up his tour dates and like go to like the, every craft fair he's playing or he's playing at like a mall. Meme's basically a deadhead, but for this a piano Russian player. pianist. His name is Sergio something. Sir, yeah. And uh, I mean, he plays a nice piano. He plays a really nice piano. Every he, time we would go over their house for Christmas, man, the Sergio would yeah, be playing. He's got original know? albums. He's got, like, yeah. you know, the uh, songs of the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Songs of the cinema. No, he play. You know, he play, play like famous uh, songs. Yeah, in a movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my Whatever. favorite thing. It's. I, I like it better than the equivalent that my Pepe buys, which is uh, <laughs> like you ever see those flute guys in the mall 
or like a craft fair, or like, a, or at like a uh, outlet mall. Yeah, he'll play like I'll, a. He'll be playing the pan flute to like a backing band. Yeah. Like a backtrack. Yeah. That's what my Pepe buys. Oh yeah. Pan, he buys play, pan flute music. Pan flute music and watches Ooh. his. And yeah. watches his World War II documentaries. That's right, man. Yeah. He loves right my Pepe loves uh pan flute. I love Pepe. Pepe also loves turquoise. I think those two go together. Pan flutes and turquoise? Yeah. That's well, a, that's it is a, good, a Native American man. That sounds like a nineteen sixties bubblegum pop record. A Native American man is selling my Pepe both at a craft fair. So uh, yeah. I mean right, my right. Pepe's like, give me that pan flute, give me that turquoise. How many how many turquoise how many turquoise bolo ties do you think Pepe? <laughs> at one point probably more than four <laughs> that's too many he loves it man. that's still too many oh my god this podcast is really it's different. off the rails who cares we're having a good time yeah yeah this is our grandparents music we're not putting it down my my grandparents also you know play me that good james taylor yeah. i still listen to today yeah uh, bob marley's uh you know yeah collection is that what yeah the, yeah the what the greatest hits bob yeah. marley legend legend yeah. legend yeah yep definitely anyway. played a lot of that it's been it's almost two been. hours. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> it's, <laughs> anyway. And you can see we're we're ready to go here. Yeah, we're ready to go. We've, well, ex- we've exhausted ourselves because we haven't been able to talk about music with each other yeah, like this sucks. in uh, quite a it while. Sucks. We don't have time. But, you know, when we do have time, we try to do it. We're, we're trying to get some. Uh, I, I feel like I keep saying this every podcast. We got things in the works. It's just things uh, get in the way and yeah. uh, tie it up. It's you know? been we've been as uh, essential workers. We've been essentially. uh Essentially, yeah, it's getting our asses kicked, getting uh, tied up a lot. And yeah, so, uh, yeah, but we got to keep been... America's supply chain going. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good fun. So it's all good fun. It's but all anyway, good, good fun. Uh, great fun. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you have any suggestions or questions or comments, of course, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, you know? support your uh, local record store. Get in the garage podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, support your local record stores, guys. Go uh, out, buy some records. They need you most. Yeah, right we now. were talking about new music. Uh, <clears throat> Bully, new album out. Go listen to it. Yeah. Uh, My Morning Jackets, The Waterfall came out. The bands I like. Uh, that's coming in the mail for me. Uh, oh, yep. Man, Man. Uh, new Bob Dylan. Um, I don't know. Listen, uh, those are the new records that I bought that are coming out to my house. So. Check them out. Also, if you can get your hands on the Stooges release from 1970. Oh, yeah. Live at Goose Lake. I Live just at got Goose that too. Lake. We'll talk about that next time. It's they, There's only a thousand made, guys, so oh, get them while they're hot. But there's other editions as well. Yeah, of that edition, though, there was only a thousand made. Like the Third Man Records repressed yeah. that one. They, I think they only pressed a thousand. Yeah, they do like a normal on black, though. That's uh, widely available. So. Oh, do they? Yeah, it's All on right. streaming, too. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check it's out. really check good. It check it out. It's the Stooges, Detroit. Yeah. So until next time. I've been Mike. I've been Luke. Have a good time, everybody. We love you. Get in the garage. Get in the garage. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the Get in the Garage podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, and a bunch more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or email us directly at getinthegaragepodcast at gmail.com for any questions or topics you might like to hear us cover. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Get in the garage.